0: What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack Manis. And Shref's back after oh, there it is. a few <laughs> weeks, month. It was a month. I've I i do not know.
1: Maybe a month or two.
0: Five episodes ago. There we yeah, go. There go. Just okay. it up. Shref's making his 39th appearance on the podcast today. We went over that a few minutes ago. How are you feeling, Shref?
2: good i'm ready to go I, I, I feel like it's been longer than that but i'm i'm feeling good it, it feels great to be back really
0: it's like riding a bicycle you It never really it, forget yeah. it.
1: it's national bicycle day
0: no, no you way it is. Look <laughs> yeah, it is on the you're day reporting 419
1: it's national bicycle day wow. you're off to a hot out. start not look it up
0: <laughs> no i'm not gonna i'm not no i'm not maybe later but you, I don't know, I swear, if you're if you're yanking my chain, I'm going to be pretty upset here. We have a fourth guest here, and this man is making his debut on the Highline podcast. We have Noah Christopher Nestro, as it says his name in the Zoom. He goes by Nestro. How are you today, sir?
3: I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on. Glad to be here.
0: Of course. So today, this might break records. Might be the longest episode in hogline podcast history. We will certainly have timestamps because, uh, you know, if you want to, sorry, I got ahead of myself there. Let me say what we're actually doing here today. The NFL draft, the 2022 NFL draft, is nine days away. Um, it is n- in, yeah, next Thursday, uh, April 28th, 8 p.m and we are going to be doing a full mock draft now we did this last year jack Shref, and i but we did it in three separate episodes we did one through 10 11 through 20 and i believe 21 through 32 but for some reason jack wanted to do it all in one so we're doing a big marathon of an episode my voice is already kind of gone because i have somewhat of a cold but might be even more gone at the end of the episode we will see uh We have split up the teams evenly each of us have eight of the 32 selections and an important distinction that Shref clarified yesterday in our in our group chat. This is what we would be doing if we were the GMs of these franchises, not what we projected the teams to do in nine nine days, but what we ourselves would do if we were put in that position to make the first round selection for these teams. um. Not really much else in terms of ground rules. Uh, we're not really going to have a clock. It's kind of just uh, if we're taking too long, the other three are going to heckle you. And hopefully there's not too much of that, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And we, we were taking bets on how long this episode would be at the beginning. But, you know, like I said, be prepared for a long one. Um, but yeah, if you want to listen to a specific franchise, we'll definitely have timestamps in there so you can kind of skip around and kind of hear our thoughts on, um, on, you know the pick at hand are we all ready are we ready to go and I, I guess we should get right into it i mean we shouldn't delay it any further um Still. everyone all set oh yeah mm-hmm. who who has the first i mean i know the jags have the first pick but is that jack yep it's jack all right so jack will be selecting first for the jacksonville jaguars all right allow me to it, the 2022 Hog Line mock draft is officially open. There we go. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville's on the clock for the second straight year at pick number one. Very unfortunate. Never want to be in that situation. I think then the Browns have that back-to-back years in 2017 and 2018, I believe, with yep. Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield. Now who knows? Baker Mayfield could be dealt on draft night. Who knows? True. So or draft weekend. I don't know if he'll yield a first-round pick at this point. But nonetheless. Jags find themselves in the unfortunate position of picking 101 again. Last year was pretty much as consensus as you can get, but this year is far from it. Jack can go in certainly a couple of different directions. So I will officially hand, uh, you know, give the mic to Jack, even though I'm using a separate mic. You know what I mean? Floor is yours, Trent Balky, so, a future Jacksonville resident.
1: That's true. Um, so i was going back and forth on this pick um between two guys uh shreff was speculating uh this pick because he's picking nets, and he said he's going to pick whoever i don't pick Mm -hmm. um
0: sorry to interject shreff do you know who he's debating between did he tell you he
1: didn't, just, tell I didn't
2: me, tell him he didn't tell me, but he's assuming he didn't tell me. But I I assumed that there were two big names that were on his list, so I and I think they're the same two names online, mine, so that that was kind of the thought process there.
0: Okay,
1: okay. Um, I'll just say it I'm gonna pick Aiden Hutchinson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I was leaning towards Trayvon Walker for a little bit. Um, I thought he, he would be a good pairing with josh allen because i believe he's more a better run stopper better against the run than hutchinson is um and <clears throat> they got to face good running backs in that division so that makes sense but uh i decided to go with aiden Hutchinson because i think he's the safer pick Trayvon walker he's very good but he requires a little more development i guess you could say than Trayvon or than aiden hutchinson hutchinson is kind of at closer to his ceiling, you could say. And I don't know if I quite trust the Jags coaching staff to develop Trayvon Walker properly. So uh, at this point, so I, that's why I'm gonna go with Ed Hutchison. Um, I think he's just also, he's just um, maybe more of a household name, a star that Jacksonville needs. They need some reinvigoration of life in um, across their roster, so. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson.
0: Very nice. I believe he is the favorite uh, odds-wise in sportsbook to be the first player selected. However, like I said a few minutes ago, it is far from certain and locked in as opposed to last year. Trevor Lawrence was probably minus 10,000 to be the first overall pick last year at this point, whereas Hutchinson is sitting around the, you know, maybe minus 200 range across different sportsbooks. Um. But there you have it. Jack selects Aiden Hutchinson uh, for Jacksonville at 101. Is anyone going to write this down? Can anyone volunteer to do that?
2: I, I'm i already doing it, so I, I, I can continue to do it.
0: Perfect. Okay. So we will check in with Shref temporarily to uh, if we need a recap of who's already been selected. Yep. Um, but we're going to move on. Shref has the second pick, as we just said. Yes, I do. Uh, he has the Lions, and he will also be picking the Lions for the other first round picks. So It's not going to go in perfect uh, order in in rotation here. It could be a little bit of a, you know, like we said, Jack Sharaf will be selecting for the Lions. I have the Texans later on, and that's next. So I'll be selecting both of them. Just wanted to say that as well. But uh, the floor is yours at pick number two.
2: Thank you, Mitchell. So I will start by saying that I, I was correct. My hunch was correct. I assumed Jack was debating between those two. I said I was going to do whatever he didn't do. So I'll start it off by saying that I am going to take Trayvon Walker at number two here. Um, so to start off, uh, Lions young, I'd say younger offense, but definitely more potential there than I think people maybe thought they were going to have. I mean, you look, you have obviously DeAndre Swift is looking like he could be a, a, a like all purpose back, like top top five, six back in the league. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown had quite the, uh, the year uh, this past year. Definitely, I mean, uh, as a podcast, talk about fantasy a lot. Talk about a guy that came on late and ended up winning people's leagues. Um, DJ Chark signed him in free agency. Um, definitely like that signing for them, and obviously you still have TJ Hawkinson there. So looking at this team, the offense wasn't really on the top of my mind. Um, and then if you want to get into QB conversation, since this is what I would do if I was in the situation, I think Jared Goff, considering the team that they are and how far they still are away from competing. I think keeping golf for another year he's more than serviceable as a starter I think he's proven that so far um so I don't think especially in this QB class I don't think taking one this high would be the wisest move um and then I mean looking at the defensive side which is where I'm going towards with Walker obviously you can't really name many guys on that defense I mean like you have you have Jeff Akuda there who they just drafted the other year who seems like he could be half decent but Outside of him, I mean, you're not getting too many big names. And I think part of it with Walker too that I like is it seems like the Lions are kind of trying to build a little bit of a culture there. Dan Campbell looks like like an awesome leader. I don't know like X's and O's what he's like, but just in terms of wanting to play for him, that seems like a type of guy that you're going to build behind. Um, and all these guys that they have are kind of, I'd say multi-year projects to say the least. So Walker's a guy that might not step in and be like, one of the best DNs in the league right off the bat, but he's a guy where if you have the right tools behind them, I think you can end up being a very good uh, defensive lineman for them. So I'm going to go Trayvon Walker and we're going to, we're going to roll with that. I, I like it.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Trayvon Walker, someone who has certainly seen his stock rise over the past, you know, probably month or so, but especially he's gaining steam over the past couple of weeks and each day by day, it seems he just is climbing up mock drafts and, I remember I saw one with him being mocked to the Jags uh, maybe three or four weeks ago at number one. And I was like, what the heck? I thought it was pretty much going to be Aiden Hutchinson or maybe a tackle or something, but Um, um, that's certainly not an uncommon thing to see in mock drafts uh, mid April here.
2: Yeah. Just as a little side, uh, I was looking today or yesterday for some research on April 18th, Charles Davis's mock draft has Walker going one Hutchinson going two, so that it is. Yeah. It it seems like he's pretty much locked in at the top of the order, wherever that, that is.
0: Perfect. Uh, And and just a last thing on the lions here. I completely agree. I love Dan Campbell. I think he's probably one of my top three or four favorite coaches in the league at this point. Um, The other night I was just laying in bed late at night. I was watching Dan Campbell uh, best interviews from 2021. So uh, yeah, I, I love him I, I think uh like you said similarly i don't really know how he is on, on a strategic standpoint but in terms of just the emotional mm-hmm. human locker room culture type um perspective you know he's definitely inspiring to say the least agreed. agreed all right i have the third overall pick as i as i said earlier with the houston texans and I think this may be a slight surprise, maybe. I, I mean, there's tons of different directions I can go. Clearly, the Houston Texans are a team with a lot of holes. Their offensive line was the 27th-ranked PFF offensive line at the end of the 2021 season. Jack mentioned the uh, the gauntlet of AFC South running backs, and I don't think you can include, include uh, Rex Burkhead in that, in that list. So... Um, there's that. They don't really have much, much at anything really besides Brandon Cooks on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball is, is along the same lines, completely void of talent. So they're in a true position to take best player available. Now, this was not a decision I took lightly. There's a lot of different names that I could go in directions I can go in, as I said. However, I'm taking a player that's one of one, a player that is fading i guess as we're getting closer to the drafts and is in my opinion unnecessarily falling down mock drafts now i know mock drafts are far from the end all be all but i'm taking safety at a notre dame kyle hamilton because there are many good tackles in this draft there's only one kyle hamilton on this draft i think the concerns are completely overblown it seems like from everything that I've looked into, the only main concern people have is this slow 40 time, but I, I could not care less about it. Ed Reed's 40 time. I've looked up notable safeties 40 time. Ed Reed, 4.57. Cam Chancellor, 4.69. The list goes on and on. It's just complete. 40 times are almost useless. I mean, they really don't mean much at all everything on film of Kyle Hamilton is eye popping his size he's 6 foot 4 he has amazing strength i think his number one trait is his closing speed and how fast he can get uh he plays with like you know the closing speed of a linebacker sometimes he's a great playmaker i mean he can really do it all and i think he's a generational type of player that can really make an impact and people will also maybe point to oh you know safety is kind of a that's a position you don't take top five in the NFL draft. Um, But I would argue top safety play can be very impactful for a team. You look at Derwin James over the past, whatever it's been four years or so that he's been in the league. I know he's had his health concerns, but whenever he is healthy, that defense plays on a different level. Look at the Steelers acquiring Minka Fitzpatrick uh, three years ago and really elevated the defense in 2019 and has been a a strength ever since so i think if you can get that top safety play and i think that he could transcend transcend you know what people would say is positional value and whatnot so kyle hamilton lock it in the texans need a star and hopefully he can be one
1: I all interject because of how much I like Kyle Hamilton. I was hoping I could make this pick with the, uh, I got the giants, but um, yeah. I, uh, just to piggyback of what you said about his 40 time, literally the only concern there is um, Daniel Jeremiah NFL network uh, draft expert. He has no concern over the 40 time. I mean, his Kyle Hamilton inst- instincts are so good that um, even if, he is a step behind in speed, which I don't even think that's true. But even if he is, his instincts put him already like two steps ahead. So it doesn't really matter.
0: I yeah. trust Daniel Jeremiah. He, I mean, there's a lot of draft pundits out there that, you know, are, I don't really you know. I don't know if I trust, but he is one that I, I do. So
2: yeah, I, I feel like the 40 time in general has become kind of like wishy washy in a sense where, like, I mean, I think at this point, I think it's become obvious that like game speed kind of means a lot more in terms of if you're watching tape and stuff like that. Just because like I like off the top of my head, I think about a guy like Cooper Cup, who like I don't remember his forty time off the top of my head, but like it definitely wasn't fast compared to what like it should have been for a receiver. But like it, it's very clear once you get to the NFL, like if you have game speed, if you're anywhere in like that whatever, what did you what did Hamilton run, again? Was a four five six or nine the way I always like yeah like in that like four five to like four six four seven range like at that point I don't think about it too much like I I think when it comes to game like game speed and running in a straight line for 40 yards is just completely different things
0: 100 percent. so that's why I mean and just think the concerns are overblown like way overblown so I don't have any regret taking him there at number three all right On to the fourth pick, and it'll be Nestro, and he's selecting for the New York Jets, who do have two picks here in the top 10. So we will hear from Nestro again at pick number 10. The Jets select Zach Wilson, second overall last year. Um, Kind of a mixed bag from him. Don't really know what to make of his rookie season, Um, but you're on the clock here at, uh, at pick four. Yeah, this one, I think it's really...
3: To me, I'm really debating between two guys, or I was really debating between two guys, uh, Ahmed Gardner and Kayvon Thibodeau. But I think, I think, but I actually think Gardner is the more likely pick. That's what the buzz has been. But in terms of what I would do, I feel like I always err to focus a little bit more on the trenches. So with that being said, I'm going to take Kayvon Thibodeau.
0: Perfect. I feel like he's been also a player that has been unnecessarily
3: dropping yeah. yes to... the media i feel
0: like has been trying to create a narrative uh that maybe he has some character concerns some worth yeah. worth yeah. Epic, they're trying concerns.
2: they're trying to like give him a personality that i don't think he has it, it's, it's really weird, it's really interesting weird. to see
0: all these reports that come out a week two weeks before the draft mm-hmm. so he's uh for some reason there's been a witch hunt against cave thibodeau i don't know why i feel like a lot of if you look at mock drafts from like a year ago at this point like very early 2022 mock drafts he was locked in at the top spot even like he was he was the 101 even and um yeah I think that's a good pick there Nestor. I think if he he or Hamilton in my opinion drops out of the top 6 picks or so I think that's that's tremendous value so Yeah he can't really can't really complain there.
2: Thibodeau feels like one of those guys where like there's there's all this buzz, and then he he's just gonna go top five, and people are gonna be like, Yeah, that makes sense. Like after all the after these months of like talking about his like interview answers to things all after all this, he's gonna go like fourth or fifth, and they're gonna be like, Yeah, he should have gone there.
0: Exactly. All right, pick number five. We are moving right along here. Um, we're turning it back over to Jack with the New York Giants, and he is. Another pick here at seven. So a quick turnaround for him. Giants are also a team that have a lot of holes. And they, you know, they bring in a new GM and they bring in a new coach and Brian Dable. So what what's the new management going to do in their first draft here, Jack?
1: Well, if I were new management, I as you said Giants have a lot of holes. Um and a little bit best player available. I'm gonna go with here. Uh, I'm going with Evan Neal. That's a tackle out of Alabama. Some draft boards have him as the consensus 1-1, which, I mean, he still could be taken 1-1 by the Jags. So getting him at 5, I think, is a great value, which can realistically happen. Um, I feel like Giants got a bad O-line every year, the past couple years at least. Um, They drafted Andrew Thomas in 2020. I don't believe he's doing great this could be kind of a replacement for him um, or to pair alongside him on the other side of that line at tackle. So um, I like Evan Neal a lot. I think he's a really, really good prospect. Um, As I said, could be the best prospect in this draft. So he's my pick at five.
0: Very nice. Uh, Yeah, the Giants have a very poor offensive line number. It was, yeah, 30th in by PFF at the end of last year. Um, Evan Neal, looks the part he's he's humongous he's what is he six, six seven, seven three three forty maybe so. it might be
2: six eight almost i think i just saw his list at six seven three he's five. also he's the guy that has that picture of him he's six seven like 300 whatever and he he looks like he weighs like 230 240 like it, it's just all muscle
0: yeah he wears it well very, he wears very well um yeah exactly man Yeah, it's definitely really tough here with the the next pick. I'll just get right into it with the Carolina Panthers picking at at six, and this is my selection here. Um, Debating between two guys, uh, it's certainly tough. I I got it. I got my pick. Pick is in. Uh, The Carolina Panthers with the sixth pick are going to select Icky Ekunu tackle from NC State. Uh, Carolina Panthers, similarly to the New York Giants, very poor offensive line play in 2021. They were second to last in PFF rankings. They need to shore that up, and I think Icky is going to do that perfectly. He is a fantastic run blocker. He is the best in the class at run blocking. Um, Pass pro, uh, it's not a liability but by any means but he certainly needs to develop in that regard um, but you look at the the Panthers they want to hopefully get back to running the ball health printing health permitting with Christian McCaffrey and this is definitely going to be a solid investment in the right direction um, so I really like him from what I've read he seems like a very uh, good locker room presence very coachable and um, seems like a good guy to have on the team and like I said, he, he's he's a dog in the trenches when it comes to run blocking. He likes to run people over. So hopefully that shores up the offensive line in some, it's not gonna fix everything, but it's it's definitely a big start. And um, we all know how important that is to building a good franchise. I will say, I know I'm kind of deviating slightly from uh, what we said here, but just a quick word on what I think will happen. I think there's no chance that they don't pa- they they pass on a, a quarterback at this point just because especially with someone like Matt rule, who is on the hot seat. He, then he thought he'd be fired coming at the end of last season. Best way to buy time is to select the quarterback. So um, <laughs> there's that, but I don't know. I, I, I just, I just don't think the value is quite there at, at yet. We're coming up on that point, but there's still too many. And Akunu is, uh, You know a reason why but there's players that are too good to pass up for these quarterbacks which we all know is slightly below average in terms of a class so jack's up and i i i'm very interested to see what he has here i think um i'm sure we've said it on the podcast before but the uh, the giants are up we know jack's thoughts on daniel jones so will he pull the trigger here or will he go in another direction
1: I don't have great thoughts about Daniel Jones. However, I am going to go another direction. Mm, Um, Giving him one more year. uh, I guess so. I mean, I think it's just there's so many holes that it's not even worth trying to throw a rookie into this situation, in my opinion. um, I went O-line. I went Evan Neal my first pick. This pick, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. When I look at their defense, uh, I'm going to say they're – they could use some help in the secondary. I'm gonna go with only calling him by his nickname, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Um, I just think it would, he I think is the best player available and that's kind of the method that the giants could go here. Um, and if I had to pick a hole, I guess I'd say the back end of their defense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think Sauce Gardner is very good. He's very productive at Cincinnati. I believe all Every year he's been there since he was a freshman. So, um, yeah, I just think that'd be a good fit there for the Giants. Sauce Gardner. What's his real name?
0: Ahmad. Ahmad. Oh. Ahmad. All right. There you have it. The Giants. So, certainly getting some influx of talent with Evan Neal and Sauce Gardner. Um, two players that, you know, were integral parts of the teams making the college football playoffs last year in Alabama and Cincinnati. And the Giants get two uh two young, hopeful studs there with uh, with Jack selections. So we are through pick seven. Shreff, Why don't you give us a seven-pick recap here?
2: All right. So at one, we have the Jags taking Aiden Hutchinson. At two, Lions take Trayvon Walker. At three, the Texans take Kyle Hamilton. At four, the Jets are taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Five, the Giants take Evan Neal. Six, the Panthers take uh Iki Ikanwu. Seven. The Giants are taking Sauce, uh, aka Ahmad Gardner, even though his real name's Ahmad.
0: There you have it. All right. Pick eight. Atlanta Falcons. Shreff is on the clock. What are the, What is Atlanta doing? uh that, that is a serious question. What are they doing? They I know. Don't, that, speaking of void of talent, they are they are the uh, the epitome of that. I guess you could say, at the at, at this time. So. Yeah. Fix them, Shreff. What are they doing?
2: I know. I, out of all the teams that I have on my list in terms of who I'm draft for, I think this was the toughest because like the Lions were like that high up are going to take one of a few guys. The Falcons have needs on either side, and there's players on either side that I could take. So, I mean, here's what I have about them so far. So, obviously, offense got, I guess, gutted could be a way to put it. I mean, you have your longtime starting quarterback lead for Indy and Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley had uh, his situation, I guess we'll call it, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, you bring in Marcus Mariota, who I personally think can be serviceable as a starter, obviously not like a top end guy, but like isn't going to isn't gonna go out there and like lose you games, I don't think. Um, overall, this offense, especially without Calvin Ridley is a, a team that could probably use another playmaker. You have Kyle Pitts, but I mean, unless you're the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey, like having a tight end as your main guy, isn't necessarily going to get the job done all the time. Um, defense outside of AJ Terrell, you have a lot of just kind of like fringe starter guys who um can definitely make up a team, but you don't have any like legit playmakers on that side of the ball, I'd say. Um, so you could really this is a situation where you could really go best player available. Um, if if Jack didn't take Gardner there at seven, I was gonna scoop him up at eight just because I think Falcons would run up to the podium with that pick. But in this case, there we're getting towards that point where I think a run on receivers is going to happen. So in that case, I think I'm going to lead it off. And if I was going to put my money on one guy that I think has the best chance of working out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Chris Alave with this pick for the Falcons. Um, there's obviously like three or four guys that are probably in the conversation for wide receiver one in this class. Alave to me seems like the most sure guy, it feels like a guy that can kind of do it all. And obviously you're getting, you're you're coming from the Ohio State uh, program, which has been known to turn out receivers year after year. Um, so I'm going to take Alave. I, I think he's going to help the Falcons a lot. I think it gives them a building block for whatever QB they decide to go with, either whether that be Mariota for this year, or if they decide to bring one in later on in the year, whatever that is. Um, But I think Alave gives them a solid building block on the outside.
0: Yeah, very nice. Uh, Again, there's not necessarily a consensus wide receiver one either in this class. There are a a decent amount of guys that more than likely will go in the first round. Um, But Chris Alave is definitely among those names. So, and yeah, he's certainly an all-around receiver. Uh, and Jack, what was it a couple of episodes ago? Excuse me, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about the Falcons' lack of talent at the wide receiver group. Remember how we, uh, we said we were trying to name them? And uh, yeah. I don't know if you could pull it up their depth chart currently, but uh, it's it's a scary list because we were thinking like Russell Gage, but they don't even have Russell Gage anymore. He signed with it's Tampa gone. Bay, so it's really it's, scraping the bottom well, of the music. There's
1: a case. There's a case. Bird, Auden Tate.
0: Chad Hanson, wasn't that a name?
1: Chad Hanson. Oh, is he there now too? Frank, Darby, Cadrill, Hodge, Austin
2: Trim, Tremel,
0: Right. So So yeah, receivers
2: to pick. <laughs> that's for yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Certainly need something there. Yeah, Olave and Kyle Pitts. That's a that's a that's a decent start there to to replenishing that's... that that core that was decimated by, you know, unfortunately, Calvin Ridley's had some um mental health issues we'll call mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, they're they're one of those teams up top that just need they just need playmakers whatever position that's at that was this was another spot where if if you didn't take hamilton at three if kyle hamilton was sitting there at eight i probably would have pulled the trigger
0: that would have i mean obviously because i picked him at three but that'd be a yeah. smash, yeah. A smash knowing, for me.
2: knowing that jack was going to take him either way then didn't, didn't make a difference but yeah
0: right All right. I am up here at number nine with the Seattle Seahawks. I did want to say one quick word on on that Panthers uh, ideology there with going with Icky at pick number five. I if I were the GM, I would not feel comfortable going into the season with Sam Darnold. So I would, you know, even though it's not a massive, massive upgrade, I would certainly look into, um, you know, acquiring Baker Mayfield, perhaps, or Jimmy Garoppolo, just because I get like I said, they're not people that are going to elevate you a lot but certainly more than darnold i i think it's worth looking into them from perhaps a second round pick or something like that so um just wanted to share that uh, snippet because i forgot to because i didn't want people to think i was neglecting the quarterback position and just comfortable with going with sam darnold because I, I i just don't think he's it at this point but at pick number nine for seattle um Similar to what Shreff just said for the Falcons, the Seahawks lose their starting quarterback, Russell Wilson, who is there for 10 years, 2012. So, yeah, 10 seasons. Um, Pretty much played every game except last year. He was out for a few weeks. But, you know, it's hard to even really think about the Seahawks without Russell Wilson at, at the quarterback position. I mean, what I was 13, you guys were like 11 or 12. So it's certainly been a long time uh but i did say it when the panthers were there i thought there were certainly non quarterbacks that were worthy to be picked ahead of these quarterbacks however i think we're at the point the first quarterback is going off the board the seattle seahawks and that'll be malik willis quarterback out of liberty and uh this one is it's he's a very polarizing prospect uh, obviously, he's super athletic. You know, everyone knows about his running ability. He has a super high ceiling. His pocket present isn't the best, and he is inaccurate. but you know, I mean, I'm not comparing him to Josh Allen because he's not the same type of player. Uh, exactly, but you know, Josh Allen did struggle with accuracy in the uh, the draft process and even the first year or two in his NFL career. So look where he's at now. He's arguably the best player in the league. so um, yeah super boomer bust uh but I think it's definitely worth it as we round out the top ten here uh nearly so and you know Seattle's a team that is really getting rid of and gutting their talent and really look to be in a full rebuild mode so uh hopefully for Malik Willis's sake, if he goes to a situation like Seattle, they have patience with him because this is not something that's gonna be fixed right away um I think, you know, it's going to be tough because Drew Locke will probably have to start the season and he's not going to play well. So people are going to be clamoring for Willis in week two, three. I don't think he'd be ready for that quite yet. So if he does have to play then, whether that be due to Drew Locke's in, like an injury or bad play, which is certainly likely, I just hope that for his development, developmental sake, Uh, the fans and the franchise can be patient with him and realize it's going, he's going to have to take some bumps in his rookie year and perhaps even into his sophomore year. So, Um, but yeah, the upside is clearly there and I think it it makes sense at this point to, uh, to pull the trigger and, and uh, hope for the best, you know, I'd feel more comfortable if I were the Falcons, because I do think Mariota is a better quarterback than Drew Locke. So I think that gives Willis a little bit more time to develop on the bench but um, that's the situation we're in, you know, and I think you got to take it. So Malik Willis is a Seattle Seahawk.
2: I like it. I'm a fan.
0: Now we are rounding out the top 10 with the New York Jets. We're going to kick it back to Nestro, who selected Kayvon DeBodeau with the fourth pick. Who are the Jets pairing with him in their rookie class?
3: Well, I think you're trying to evaluate Zach Wilson. They do have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, but I think going another wide receiver and really trying to build a nice set of weapons around Wilson would be the good move. Uh, This wide receiver class is kind of tough for me to say who the number one is. I think a lot of it depends on the team and the fit, but I think for this pick for the jets, they're going to go with Drake, London wide receiver out of USC. I think pairing his size with Elijah Moore's speed and quickness will be a good duo for hopefully a long time for the jets.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I think he's going to have a fantastic sophomore season. And um, I mean, the jets are a team that were heavily linked to Tyreek Hill. They've been in the AJ Brown trade rumor. So it's certainly a position that they are looking to target and rightfully so they, they do need a little bit more at that position group and want to uh, give Zach Wilson as much help as he can get, you know? So certainly makes sense. And um there you have it. We have Chris Olave and Drake London off the board for the receivers. Um, So sure that that, that will not be it. We'll certainly be hearing more from the receivers in this class. Uh, yeah. This I was,
2: I, I was going to say too, just for like being in the AFC, I think changes things too, just in a sense where like it's becoming such a boat race with these QBs in that conference where at this point, like, if you have your guy that you think is like your guy at this point, it's, it's becoming all about putting things around him to where you think you have a chance. Cause like, I mean, I think, it's been talked about all the time, but like that that Bills Chiefs playoff game, I think like opened up a lot of eyes to people, especially in the AFC, where it's like we need an offense that's going to be able to score more points than the other team. Otherwise, there's no
0: chance. Yeah, right on. I mean, you see the the Dolphins do that with Tyreek, Raiders do that with Devontae Adams, and like you said, they're they're trying they're trying to uh, bolster that that those skill positions up. Mm-hmm. At pick number eleven, we have the Washington Commanders making their first selection under the new name, and Jack will be doing so. So, what what do you do here? They recently they acquire Carson Wentz. Right. Um, are you already supplanting Carson Wentz?
1: <laughs> supplanting.
0: You know, is that, that. is that is that not the right word to use in that I, sentence?
1: I think you I think you got it right.
0: Yeah, I thought I did. I Would don't you really, But I, you're, don't, you're not one to lecture me on vocab choices, Jack. So <laughs>
1: I'm not. La- I'm really just curious. I don't know what that word means. I think it's like to take over. Taking. Right. So, are you asking if I'm? Oh, so am, the question was, am I going to replace Carson Wentz?
0: Not a good week for you, Jack. Jack thought the the, the boiling temperature of water word. was ninety five degrees this week. I don't know if you guys knew <laughs> that story, but
1: I was thinking Celsius. Um, so. Commanders, well, first off, I want to thank Nesho for making that pick because I was deci- I couldn't decide between London or the guy I'm going to take. Um, I'll talk hypotheticals. If I were to take London, I think that'd be a good fit there um, because <laughs> they gave Carson Wentz another weapon, and they really don't have much out of McLaurin. Uh, like what, Curtis Samuel, I think, is still there. Um, and adding a receiver like Drake London with his size, I think would be a great fit there. So obviously, in this case, London's taken. So if I were selecting for multiple rounds, I'd target a big receiver for them in the second or third. Um, this pick, I am looking to protect Carson Wentz and they recently lost uh, Brand Sheriff who all pro uh, offensive guard. And while I'm not gonna select a guard per se, I am selecting center Tyler Linderbaum. Um, just to add reinforcements to the uh, inside part of that offensive line. And I think he's a great pick to do so. He's, I believe he's universally considered as definitely the best center prospect in this draft and for several drafts prior as well. So I think he uh, would be a great pick for the commanders to give Wentz some protection to help him best thrive um, in Washington in year one. Certainly
0: a great pick very explosive versatile i believe he has some guard capabilities too so i think you uh, you could you can slot him in a guard too if you need to um unanimous all-american and uh yeah i mean i think that's a fantastic pick so definitely need to re- replenish the interior offensive line in, in washington all right pick number 12 we have the vikings and that will be uh we're throwing it back to nestro here uh vikings are a team that disappointed and uh you know they they extended kirk cousins am i i'm not mistaken right they extended him
1: Give him a one-year 35 million dollar deal something like that Yeah.
0: okay so kirk will be back uh they bring in a new coach kevin o'connell from the rams uh what uh, what's minnesota doing here uh, nestro
3: uh, yeah, I think this pick's actually pretty easy for me here. Uh, I think the Vikings' biggest need is a corner, and I think arguably the best player on the board would be LSU corner Derek Stingley, and that's what the Vikings are going to do. Simple uh, best player available meets meets need, perfect value. Agreed.
0: Yeah, that's a I was that, waiting for him to go. good pick. Uh, he was due. Yeah, he's someone who has slid a little bit, and I think the concerns are slightly more valid than, you know, a. Hamilton or Thibodeau, um, just because health has been a concern with him over the past two seasons. Uh, he has that Liz Frank injury in his foot. Um, but removing that, there's not really much to say other than him. I mean, he, he was pretty much the best corner in 2019 at that championship team. And I think if he could have, if he could have entered the draft as a freshman, I think he still would have been like a top 10, top 15 pick. So, uh, yeah, the talent is certainly there and hopefully that health can hold up. And at this point, we're getting to the middle of the nearing the middle of the first round that that risk is certainly worth it at that point. So all right, moving right along here, I have the Houston Texans at 13. I picked Kyle Hamilton for them at three. And uh, I, I know who I'm picking right away here. I am going with tackle uh, out of Mississippi State, Charles Cross. Um, I think I think there's a clear tear break after these top three tackles uh, with Akumu and Neal and Cross. Um, I think all should be worthy, they could be worthy of top 10 selections, so to get Cross a little bit later at pick 13 is, I think, represents good value. Uh, the Texans offensive line regressed from 2020 to 2021. They were 23rd in 2020, uh, PFF ranked, and then they ranked 27th at the end of 2021. That could be due to Laramie Tunsell only playing five games. I think that's, that is that is a decent uh, factor in that regression there. Uh, but if you add Charles Cross, I think at that point you have, hopefully if Cross develops to what you know we think he can, two uh, very uh, above average tackles. And um, that's really going to shore up that offensive line. And I feel really, really happy if I'm Houston to get a, uh, who I think is an absolute stud on the defensive side of the ball, and who can develop it, uh, to a very good offensive tackle in Charles Cross and um, protect Davis Mills this year? And if, you know if he doesn't work out, I think the uh, the Texans could be in position to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in the next year's draft. And at that point, you know you're not going to complain if you have two really good tackles. So that's a really good starting point to uh to reinforce that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Sorry, if and if no one has anything to say, I do have something to say on, on that narrative of twenty twenty three quarterbacks.
2: Please. Um please
0: do. I've heard a lot of talk in the media about how, you know, this quarterback class in twenty twenty two is mediocre. Uh and I, you know, I think that sentiment is somewhat valid. Uh it's it's not this this class that has a surefire consensus top three or top overall pick. Um, There are some intriguing guys, which we already talked about Willis a little bit, and I'm sure we may be talking about a few more later. However, I just think it's kind of overrated to say that 2023 is going to be that much better. Because, yes, they have Stroud and Bryce Young who look like they would be the top two in this class if they were draft eligible. However, I really, I mean, looking into it, I don't really know if there's that much behind them. And for the narrative of teams, just say, oh, we'll wait till 2023 to address the quarterback position in the draft. If you're not a top two pick or a top three pick, I don't think you're going to be getting one of those guys. So if you're a team like, I mean, we'll get to Pittsburgh later on and I'm sure, you know, Jack and I have a lot of feelings about that, but I've seen some fans say, oh, we'll just draft a quarterback next year when the class is stronger. Well, I don't think the Steelers are going to be bad enough to get one of those guys. So I don't know. I just wanted to mention that because I just think like you I don't think people are realizing how bad you're gonna have to be to get those top echelon guys of next year's class. Texans could sure. be that though. So mm-hmm. um there could yeah, actually right. be a team that could pick in the top three. Yeah. True. All right. And all right, I just, I forgot who was picking now. But we have Nestro picking for the Baltimore Ravens at pick number 14. Uh Ravens are a team that Surprisingly missed the playoffs last year and finished last in the division. Not many people saw that coming um, mainly due to the uh, the injuries of Lamar Jackson and a few other uh, key players. What are the uh, Ravens going to do looking to get back to the playoffs where they are accustomed to being?
3: Well, Jack thanked me earlier for taking Drake London to make his decision easier. So now I have to thank Jack for taking Tyler under because this Ravens pick, I've always been thinking of two guys, and he was one of them. You're welcome. So, with this pick, the Ravens are going to be going with Jordan Davis, defensive tackle out of Georgia. The Ravens love uh, their big D linemen. and I think Davis is a – well, we know he's a freak of nature in terms of athleticism, and I think I think the Ravens are going to like that, and I, I think he could be one of the best D tackles in the league, I think, with that athleticism if he can just put it all together, and I think this is a good fit for that Ravens defense yeah
0: yeah obviously jordan davis took the world by storm with his and i know we were i was just going on about whatever it was half hour ago about how overrated 40 times are but it's hard not to be impressed when a guy of hat size runs that fast like that is just mind-boggling um and yeah it's just not it's not only bad but he's just a big human being He's going to clog up the middle naturally, even if he just doesn't do much. He just, he has to, based off of the physics of it all. Um, and, you know, I mean, some are saying, because he's not a guy that's going to play on obvious passing downs, um, so that is a drawback. But at this point, if he can be that dominant on first and second down, and uh, really make a team one-dimensional in terms of shutting down the run, then you got to capitalize it on this point in the uh, in the middle of the first round, so... Yeah, I think the, the value is is getting there for him.
3: Yeah, and yeah, I usually don't like D tackles that are considered more run stopping D tackles at this point, but I think with the right coaching, I think he could be a pass rushing threat too, just because of how explosive he is.
0: Yeah, exactly. And in, in the Ravens, I trust them. They're a they're a competent organization with good coaching staff. And um, I would trust them to to utilize him to the best of his ability. All right. We're gonna be uh, getting here to pick 15, and I'm sure a lot of people have been waiting. Uh, a lot of our listeners, especially, have been listening, waiting to uh, to hear our insight on this. So we will go to uh, our Eagles expert, Mr. Schreff, uh, who did many Eagles rants of the week throughout the football season. So, what um, what are they gonna do, and what what could the Eagles do to, let's say? uh lessen the severity of your eagles rants of the week next football next football year Uh, Mm -hmm. what what would you like them to do
2: yeah this is this is tough here because um i feel like i have the weight of like a lot of like like a a decent percentage of the listeners like are riding on on what i choose to do here so i'm a little nervous about it Um, don't
0: take this decision lightly i'm sure you i know
2: i'm not um all right so obviously looking at the eagles kind of like a a weird team to like to talk about, cause obviously like you, like you make the playoffs last year, but when you look at the roster as a whole, like there aren't any positions where they really like dominate like at all. Like I, I, besides, I mean, obviously the O-line has been kind of a staple of their team for the last few years. But like, if you're looking at skill positions or like pretty much anywhere on the defense, like there's holes there, like the defense, especially you have a lot of aging veterans that like are still really good for the team. Like you think about Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, um but like just a lot of they could draft any position at this point and I wouldn't be that upset about it because I really do think that they haven't needed almost every position but I'm kind of doing a mix of what I would do and what I think the Eagles would do you guys are insane if you think that they aren't taking a receiver with one of these two picks it's just it's become just kind of like a classic of their drafts in the last few years where like they're, they're taking receiver most likely um and in this situation there's a guy that's falling a little bit Obviously, due to injury concern, but I think in terms of just the scheme, the way the Eagles run their offense, the connections to this school, particularly in terms of who they have on the team, I think Jamison Williams is a home run pick here at 15. So I'm going to take him to lead it off for the Eagles. Um, Obviously, injury concerns with the injury in the national championship game. But if it wasn't for that injury, I don't think you would have a hard time. I think many people would be saying this is the number one receiver in the class um I obviously I mentioned earlier that there's a bunch of top tier guys here but the injury is kind of what has been sliding him down I think that's it's in the same vein as Stingley where if it wasn't for these injuries or just like lack of tape I think you'd have him going a lot higher um so I think at 15 this is a home run pick I think you pair him up with Devonte Smith I think that's an awesome duo and I think it also it it kind of leads the Eagles to run out of excuses with Jalen Hurts if, if you give him a receiving duo of Devonte Smith and Jamison Williams, I think he kind of has to perform. Otherwise, you look to him as kind of the reason why it's not working. So I think this receiver duo turns into one of the more exciting ones in the league. And I really like to pick for them with Williams at 15.
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. In my opinion, Jamison Williams is still my wide receiver one, despite the ACL tear. I have a lot of notes on him here. I He's an OSU transfer. Um, I don't hold that against him in the slightest. Ohio State's wide receiver room is absolutely insane with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Marvin Harrison Jr. So it's just completely stacked. And it's not like he transfers from Ohio State to a small school. He goes right to Alabama, the wide receiver factory itself. And he just does nothing but dominate with 79 catches, uh, over 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns um and i i just again i don't even think the acl is that much of a concern for me i've read reports that he's right on schedule if not ahead of schedule with it so i think yeah. he could be ready for the start of the season
2: and acl tear is i mean in terms of nfl timeline now it's like a it's like a half a season injury at this point like it's not
0: yeah it's not it's not like it's it not carry the anymore, weight so it does
2: not carry the weight that it used
0: to 100 percent. so i mean you look at a guy like cooper cut he tore his acl and he just had one of the best seasons ever as a as a receiver so Um, not really, really worried about that in the slightest. And he's absolutely electric. I mean, he's, it's, it's really a shame. I know we keep harping on 40 times, but it's a shame we couldn't see him run the 40 because he would have just absolutely lit it up. And I'm just excited to see him in in the NFL. So I, yeah, like I said, he's my number one receiver, even, even with the Andrea, I love the pick. All right. Eagles pick at 15 there. Uh, we're going to swing it back to Nestor with the uh, New Orleans Saints picking at 16, who now have two picks in the first round after the trade they made with the Eagles uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, what are the Saints going to do here? Yes,
3: yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm still not really entirely sure why they made that trade, I, I guess, because, one, it could be that they're trying to trade up for, for a QB where they think they need to secure one of the QBs. Or it could just be that they feel like they have a lot of big needs, I mean, I know their top needs right now are left tackle because they lost uh, Teron Armstead to Miami and they desperately need a wide receiver. Uh, I'm not sure yet. I just don't love the quarterback class after Willis. If he was here, I would definitely pull the trigger, but I might circle back around on that at 19. But after Williams going at 15, uh, I feel like the Saints need to secure their receiver and I'm going Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. There
0: you have it. Pair him with another former Buckeye and Michael Thomas. So hopefully, Thomas, ref, uh, re, re, um, excuse me, uh, doesn't get injured this year and gets back to being a pillar of health. And um, you know, give uh, Jameis Winston the the wide receiver core that he needs. So, hey, if, if he has a, a impactful rookie season, then this could be uh, turn a, a position of weakness into a position of strength. Shreff, why don't you give us a recap here as we are officially halfway done the first round uh, through sixteen picks?
2: Do you want me to start with eight with the Falcons, or you want me to go straight through?
0: Uh, whatever you want. Um, that you've yeah.
2: Go with the Falcons. I want to do a
1: recap at the end, getting everything. Okay.
2: All right. So Falcons took Chris Olave at eight. Seahawks go Malik Willis. Jets take Drake London. The Commanders take Tyler Linderbaum. Then the Vikings at twelve go Derek Stingley. Texans go Charles Cross at 13, Ravens take Jordan Davis at 14, Eagles take Jameson Williams at 15, and then the Saints take Garrett Wilson at 16.
0: Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Jack is on the clock as the uh, GM of the Los Angeles Chargers, who just missed out in the playoffs last year, coming down to the very final game of the 2021 NFL season with a loss to the Raiders in overtime. What are the Chargers going to do? Obviously, they have the quarterback position locked up for health permitting the next 15 years or so. And uh, still with the luxury of a a, um, a rookie contract with a superstar quarterback for the next year or two, what are the Chargers going to do to ensure a playoff berth next season?
1: Um. So, me and Mitchell talked about this, I think, in the free agency episode. Uh, I think the Chargers have a pretty glaring need, and that's their rush defense. Um, they need more playmakers up the middle, interior defensive linemen or inside linebackers. Uh, they were third worst against the rush last year, and I really do think that's their only glaring hole. Like, they, their secondary on paper is looking really good at the free agency. They're going to need in that division with all the the – wide receiver quarterback threats they have to deal with um but i'm gonna go with the run stopper here guy who uh his teammate was already selected same position um as jordan davis i'm gonna go with Devontae wyatt defensive tackle out of georgia um i want to say i could be wrong i want to say like he was maybe it was just like closer or i want to say why it was even Consensus is a little higher than Jordan Davis was pre-combine. After Jordan Davis lit up the combine, but I'm looking here, and their 40 times are the same. If not, I think Wyatt was four seven seven, and Davis is four seven, uh eight. Um, I mean, I guess Davis is a little bigger, so that's why his is probably a little more impressive. But I mean, still, it's the same same time. But regardless, I just think Wyatt's a pretty well-rounded prospect of defensive tackle i think uh he'll just be a good player for them and they desperately need that that fit there so uh yeah i'm gonna go with Devontae Wyatt. i'm looking at his draft profile here or a scouting profile it's ref and he's got fluid hips
2: oh, i love fluid hips yeah
0: yeah we, we love the uh the draft analyst uh code words i saw one i don't remember who it was but buttery hips
3: oh i like buttery
0: that. hips is great that's like a, a lot. that's a good one
2: yeah we, we we haven't even gotten into poise or anything yet because we, we, we haven't talked about many quarterbacks so poise hopefully is coming up soon
0: right and i just want to have, have a quick comment on how i mean clearly because they won the national championship but how unbelievably stacked the georgia front seven is mm-hmm. i mean you got trayvon walker jordan davis wyatt and another guy who we haven't even mentioned yet which i'm will more than likely go in this first round here in, in Jermaine Johnson. He was a Georgia transfer, mm-hmm. so he didn't play with them last year. But imagine if he was still there. I mean, that is just, oh, man, that is scary stuff. So there's no run, no wonder why they won it all. All right, so we're moving right along here. We're going to uh, back to the Philadelphia Eagles of pick 18. Uh, Shreff picked Jamison Williams at 15 for the Eagles. And he's had a lot of time to think about this uh but don't leave us in suspense anymore who is going to be the eagles second selection of the 2021 draft
2: yeah it's it it's go time now i'm debating between a lot of different guys uh because as i said before on the 15th pick you could you could kind of take a guy anywhere and i think it would be a fine pick because they could really use people everywhere but I think the the main factor that's kind of overriding me on this decision is that, as we said at the beginning, it, it's what we would do, and not what the actual team would do. So in this case, I'm going to take a guy that, um, as as Mr. Nestra knows, as someone who I've been in communication with over these things, there's one guy that, like, over the last however many months, has been like at the top of my board. And the reason why I specified that this is what I would do, not what the Eagles would do, is because the Eagles have a history. Of not drafting this position in the first round, that position would be linebacker. Um, you look at this team, obviously, you could you could certainly use some secondary help. You could probably use another, another pass rusher. But at the end of the day, this the Eagles linebacking core has been something that has given me nightmares over I couldn't even tell you how many years. And it's simply because they have a lack of talent at that position. I mean, it it it's come to a point now where Alex Singleton is the guy that we're like trying to like champion as. A starting linebacker and it just it it shouldn't be that way so in this case i'm gonna take a linebacker but i don't think i'm taking the guy that many people would expect me to take i'm going to be taking Devin lloyd with this pick um if i was going to list you guys like a top five list of like my favorite guys in this draft he might be number one and i think part of it is just mainly because of the fit i mean the eagles need have been like starving for someone who can kind of anchor the, the middle of the field there for them Um, And I think especially over recent memory there's it's become apparent that you need these middle linebackers or these linebackers in general, who can cover the run cover the pass, kind of do it all just based on athleticism you look at a guy like Fred Warner. um, Bobby Wagner, someone that kind of like started that off, I think, and like kind of made it known that there was a need for some of that position, but a guy like. A guy like Fred Warner stands out a guy like Devin white stands out even like a Dion Jones, someone of that nature, but. Devin Lloyd just flies around the field, um, can kind of make tackles anywhere on the field that he wants to, does it all, can cover well. I just think you put him in, you plug him in in the middle of that defense, I think he gives you a legit anchor for however long he wants to be there. Um, So I'm going to take Devin Lloyd, and I am very happy with myself with that.
0: Yeah, that's a fine selection. Uh, I've, I've been hearing that the NFL circles are higher on Lloyd than the NFL draft community. Um, so would not be surprising to me at least at all if if he was a top, even if he was a top fifteen selection, really. Um, he seems like he's a pretty solid player overall and uh, addresses an area of need for the Eagles, like you just mentioned. So uh, I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. All right, number nineteen. New Orleans Saints with their second selection um, and uh, Nestropeg Garrett Wilson with the Saints uh, for number sixteen. Who are they picking here at their uh, their second spot?
3: Yeah, uh, this pick might start an argument. Uh, I'm going with the quarterback. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I think, to me, Malik Willis is the clear number one, and he's gone. And then after that, I'm just not a huge fan of any of these quarterbacks. And I feel like, to me, I'd rather take quarterbacks that I feel have the highest upside. I think right now, Kenny Pickett probably is the second best right now, but I just don't think his upside is all that high. Maybe that'll have some arguments in here. So maybe I'm crazy, but I'm going with Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of Cincinnati. I think he has, he's the most athletic of the quarterbacks left. I think his arm, is I think overall, I think he has a pretty high upside. Maybe he's a bust, maybe not, but... I'd rather bet on the upside in the tools and draft bonus for you. I think he has the best boys in this class. Potentially. I was,
2: I I was off on that pick until you mentioned that now I'm on. that.
0: (laughs) Wow. All right.
2: This is great. Well, I, I will say for Ritter too. definitely a guy in terms of NFL draft hype has the last like week or so has shot up board. So it would not be a surprise for him to go
3: this, this high. I do feel like in if we were doing what they would do, I do think there's a good chance they would take Pickett. I agree. But
0: All right. So I was holding my breath there, crossing my fingers.
2: It's time now. It's time.
0: And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Nesher doesn't know, and I'm pretty sure Shreff doesn't know, but I've had many conversations with Jack about who I like the most at the Steelers and who I want to pick, them to pick there. He, he was Jack's like taken. That. Big Jack's
2: reaction. I'm he not, was just I, taken. I, I'm not going to be. Oh, oh, you were. Oh, you were. Oh, no, Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell.
0: I am falling in love with Desmond Ritter. Oh, Mitchell. The more I watch, the more I look into him. Uh, I am just. I just don't get it. I mean. I. I think I think he's going to win the most games in this class. And he just. Someone mentioned, I don't know who it was, but having a blind resume with him and Dak coming out of college, it is so similar. One of Jack's favorite quarterbacks, um, Nestor's team's quarterback, and I just, I wrote down some of the stats to have a blind comparison. Dak coming out of college completed 62.8% of his passes compared to Ritter's 62.1, so within 1% of each other. Dak, 9,376 passing yards. Ritter, 10,239. Both four-year starters. Or, yeah, four. I think four-year starters. Well, I know Riz, Ritter, Ritter wasn't four-year starter. I believe Dak was too. Dak, 70 touchdown passes to 23 interceptions. Ritter, Ritter 87 touchdowns with 20 interceptions. Dak, 2,521 rushing yards and 41 rushing touchdowns. Ritter, uh, 2,100... Uh, rushing yards and 28 rushing touchdowns um Ritter is super smart super athletic experienced, and he's confident and he was 44 and 6 as a starter he elevated a a Cincinnati football team that had I believe two losing seasons before he came there and possibly more I don't even know but in contention every single year he's the he took the only non-power five school to the college football playoffs and it's it's uh since 2014 since it's been a, a thing um he's he's going to win games in this league and I, th- I really don't think there's many glaring weaknesses in his game um and he's a better thrower of the football than me malik willis by far and he ran five four five two forty so he's super fast super athletic he can run the ball he doesn't resort to that as much as Willis does, who I think who relies on his athleticism way more than than Ritter does. He wants to win from the pocket. Um, and he just has, the, I know it's cliche to say, but he has that it factor. And again, I, I think maybe I'm emotionally blinded, because I, did, I don't know, I just think he's just, he just more life experience than these guys. He's, he has a kid, he's a father. Uh, and he's just, he's just I don't know he's just built different I don't know what to say and I just went on and on about him he's not even the pick I just made because (laughs) that's who I was expecting and wanting to pick um and being about how I mentioned it before we started recording being thrown for a loop this is the definition of that I'm being thrown for a loop um but the show must go on I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick number 20 and with the 20th pick the Pittsburgh Steelers will be selecting cornerback out of Clemson Andrew Booth. Um, the Steelers desperately need help in the secondary. Uh, I mean, if we drafted Booth and signed Tyron Matthew somehow, I know that might be wishful thinking. And I feel like if it hasn't happened already, it might not happen with Matthew in terms of free agency. But um, we're we'll really need to shore up the secondary. And, um, I think Booth's the guy to do it. I think he's uh, the third best corner in this draft um, outside of the top two guys in Gardner and Stingley. And um, I feel very confident with this pick here. And I think he'll be uh, a nice solidifying piece to a defense that struggled against the run last year but had some injuries in the interior and um, need some depth at the corner position. So I'm going with them. And I'm, I am trusting in Mitchburg to take us back to the postseason um because I think that I believe in Trubisky enough to to have him hold down the fort for at least this year and possibly beyond if he if he plays well enough. Sorry to break your heart guys.
1: That was ridiculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Tough. Tough scene.
0: Well there's still uh, there's still twelve more selections to go, so we'll see how it how the rest plays out here. Um, who knows? I have the Packers pick. Maybe I'll have the Packers selecting him and uh, go with a uh, Jordan Love uh, picket and Aaron Rodgers uh, quarterback uh, room. So you never know. All right, who is up at twenty one? That is Shreff with the New England Patriots, who made the playoffs last year, got embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills. Um who are they going to select here?
2: Yeah, this one um
0: sorry, can you talk like Bill Belichick for this pick?
2: Oh yeah, sorry. We're uh we're on to the next pick. Um no, but I'm going to uh I think I'm going to reach a little bit on this one I think and I think that's also something that the Patriots have always done so it it, it kind of always fits in. Um but obviously they did go out and I believe they're the ones who got Devontae Parker, correct? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um so that obviously gives them a little bit of a bigger threat on the outside. But at the same time I mentioned this when Nestra took Drake London to the Jets, but I think the AFC is kind of becoming this boat race where if you don't have your QB and you don't and or and you don't also have a receiver that you think could turn into one of the top guys later on in their career even if it's not right now. You see all these teams spending draft capital and other like players picks whatever it is. To get these guys so i'm going to give the Patriots someone a little bit younger that they can rely on a little bit as more of a playmaker kind of get the ball in his hands and let him do his thing so at 21 i'm going to take sky Moore for the patriots here um i am a big sky Moore fan i think definitely not part of like that first tier of receivers that's up there but someone who i think in the long run can end up having one of the better nfl careers there's definitely another receiver here that hasn't been taken yet that i'm sure could even go with this very next pick. Um, But I'm taking more here just because I think I like the way he fits in more with this offense that the Pats have going for him. You obviously now have Parker as kind of your go-up-and-get-it guy, but now you bring in more as someone where the Patriots, I feel like, I don't know if this is true based on their scheme, but in terms of watching them play, they feel like a team that's always closer to the line of scrimmage in terms of where their action's happening, whether that's running the ball or kind of more quick throws. And I think having a guy like Sky Moore where you can just kind of get the ball in his hands, let him do his thing, Obviously not on like a Tyree kill level, but kind of the same idea of let's get him the ball and let him do his thing, I think could be tremendous for Mac Jones going into year two. And I think it gives him a little bit more of a like more of a safety valve, where if you need someone to give it to give it to Sky Moore, let him do his, his whatever he does, whatever Sky Moore does. So Sky Moore 21.
0: Interesting pick um not what what I would have done but
2: there's another receiver there that I'm I'm sure could go with the very next pick but that's you know that's what I'm feeling
0: yeah hopefully for the Patriots sake if they did decide to go in that direction at wide receiver um it works out better than than years past I mean most notably and most recently you think of Nikhil Harry and that is certainly a soft spot in my heart considering I took him 104 in our dynasty rookie draft in 2019 um and I and right after him was picked DK Metcalf and AJ Brown in a rookie draft so that's uh really rubbing salt in the wounds there and I, I I'm i very sensitive when it comes to Patriots wide receivers so hopefully for Sky Moore's sake it uh it works out better than than Mr. Harry who is still finding his way in the NFL and you know who knows if he will at this point but agreed all right at pick number 22 is the Green Bay Packers uh and I will be making the pick for them and they have two picks after trading Devontae Adams to the Raiders. So this this was this would be the Raiders pick at 22. Um, and I will be picking Edge Rusher out of Florida State, Jermaine Johnson.
2: Yeah, he was due.
0: Great size, elite production. He had 70 tackles, 17 and a half tackles for loss and 11 and a half sacks. Super fast. I mentioned he was a Georgia transfer. Um, and he was 2021 ACC defensive player of the year uh Packers lose the Darius Smith. I know he didn't really play much at all last year. Um and you know, they still were the number 1 seed and you know, gotten to the playoffs without him, but it's still a position that they need to address um after, you know, losing him for good now, uh, especially to a division rival in the Minnesota Vikings. So, hopefully he can have uh, an immediate impact on a team that is in win now mode as ever. Um if there was ever a team in that, it's the Packers because they're just still trying to milk as much of the window of Aaron Rodgers as they possibly can and um, hopefully Jermaine Johnson can uh, can fill that void that Smith less And he was you know he was highly productive in 2019 and 2020 for them so um, they could really use that boost on on that side of the ball I think that's a good I think he slid a little bit too I think it's good value
2: yeah he's I mean in terms of mocks I feel like he's it seems everyone thinks he's going to be a top 10 guy I don't know if that's what's going to happen or not. But yeah, the fact that he slipped this long was that he was due to get picked up.
0: Yeah. I was certainly not expecting him to pick here. Um, I was, it was wishful thinking. I was really hoping he would, but uh, definitely expecting him to go in like the high, high team. So very happy with that one. Um, I'm right back at it here at 23 with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I'm pretty much going to be repeating the same narrative. I mean, they have a big, big shoes to fill in Chandler Jones who signed with the Las Vegas Raiders um just going off the sack totals when he was with the cardinals that's Chandler chandler jones that is um 11 17 13 19 then he was hurt in 2020 and only had one sack in five games and then last year he recovered pretty nicely back to double digit sacks at 10 and a half uh in 15 games so he was a stalwart of that defense for uh you know whatever that was six years or so six seasons um, and I'm going to be picking a guy that people have mixed opinions on. I've seen some mocks have him going in the, the 12 to 15 range, other have him going at the end of the first round. Um, but I'm going to take Edge from Purdue, uh, George Karlaftis. Um Another uh, a, a player had a very solid college career. Uh, I've seen some knocks on him because I think of speed or lack thereof. Um, but you know, I think sometimes pass rushers can win with their nuance. I remember, I think the one of the Boses, maybe even both of them, didn't really run fast 40s. Again, we're, we sound like a broken record here. 40s, <laughs> don't put too much stock into them. Um, but I think this is a good pick that addresses an area of need, and um, I think it's uh, if they think he's the guy, which I think he fits well in this spot. I think it's uh, it's worth to invest in that that uh, position and in in Mr. Carl Aftis. All right, pick number 24, and we have Nestro picking for the Dallas Cowboys. His favorite team as he wears a Dallas Cowboys star uh, on his hat there. You uh, you have full reigns here. What would you like your squad to do in the first round at pick number 24?
3: Yeah, there's, uh, there's two names I keep coming back to this whole pre-draft process for the Cowboys that I think uh, could realistically be there that – they might take and that is uh Traylen burks wide receiver from arkansas and zion johnson guard from boston college uh i anticipated taking zion because i wasn't sure if burks would be there but uh i think i'm gonna go with Traylon burks wide receiver out of arkansas i think i know well, i know the cowboys like him so this is kind of a pick at what they would do too but i just think losing amari cooper and with Michael Gallup missing the first half of the year, uh, I'd prefer James Washington be the wide receiver four and fill-in as the three, not be a top two receiver. So and I, I think that, especially with some of the Ron and now with Sky Moore going, I'm not sure what receivers I would really love there in the second round. And I think it'd be easier to take a guard or maybe a tackle and kick him inside. So yeah, I'm going to go with Traylon Burks. I'm not uh, also about Burks uh i know there's some concern over his 40 time i was a little concerned too but i just think he had like one of maybe even the fastest recorded time in college football last year so my take is that it's possible he just isn't he just maybe isn't good at running a 40-yard dash like i think sometimes we forget that some guys have track backgrounds and that helps them in that process so yeah Traylon burks wide receiver arkansas to the cowboys to steal perfect there you go to steal
0: um. Yeah, certainly a position where the Cowboys would like to play on their strengths. I mean, Michael Gallup, I know he's coming off an ACL tear himself. Um. And obviously, CeeDee Lamb, who is a, you could say, a top 10, 12 receiver in the league and certainly could develop to even a top five in the years to come here. Still very, very young. Uh, so filling the void of uh, Amari Cooper could be a wise decision there. All right. Shreff has the Buffalo Bills at 25, uh, heartbreakingly losing to the Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs last year. What is the pick here that's going to push them over the edge to go to the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, Nestor made my job a little bit easier because I I mean, once trailing because I, I, I thought he was going to get taken either by Packers or Cardinals. So once he slept at the Bills, I was looking if he was there at 25, I was going to scoop him up for them. But this actually almost works out better because I think this is another situation where need also meets best player available you look at their defense um defense obviously overall like very stout very hard to uh, to get points through but if you were to look at one part of their team you could say that their second corner maybe isn't looking the best right now i mean obviously you have Tradavius white who has proven to be a, one of the top cornerbacks in the league but outside of that i mean i'll i'll name drop another another pitman but uh but dane jackson is like one of your other options over there probably not exactly what you're looking for in a second corner. So a guy that I think is probably going to go higher than this, but he's still sitting here. I'm going to take Trent McDuffie at 25 for them. Um, One of my personal favorite cornerbacks that are coming out, and that's personally just because of the way he hits, Um, definitely I think the thing that stands out the most about him is how physical he is, even though he's maybe a little bit on the thinner side for a cornerback. But I think especially as someone who can step in and learn behind Tredavious White, I think that gives the Bills a really young and solid one-two punch at corner that could be there for a long time. So McDuffie's the pick at 25.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has some – safe. he could potentially play safety, right? He can so move
2: all – and, like, that, that, that does go back to his hit it. Like, he – I mean, he covers the field in, incredibly for a corner, but just he plays – he plays so downhill – just at all times so I mean safety could definitely work if you wanted that but he he feels like a guy that you could kind of push all around the field and I think will make an impact either way
0: yeah it certainly never hurts to be versatile and especially with you know 17 game NFL season these guys could certainly see injuries and if, if he needs to fill in at that position um, it's all, it, like I said never hurts to be able to fill different voids Um, all right we are almost rounding out here Jeff can you give us a, a 17 through 25 I think we I think that our last recap was after the uh, Saints so if you could do a Chargers through um, Bill's recap there with who was picked.
2: Okay. all right so at 17 the Chargers took Devonte Wyatt at 18 Eagles took Devin Lloyd 19 Saints go Desmond Ritter 20 Steelers take Andrew Booth 21 the Patriots take Sky Moore 22, the Packers go Jermaine Johnson. At 23, the Cardinals take George Karloftis. At 24, the Cowboys go Traylon Burks. And then at 25, the Bills take Trent McDuffie.
0: All right. Number 26, the Tennessee Titans are on the clock with Nestro making the pick. Um, and I, I know we have a we'll potentially be having a Titans fan listening, so um. Please don't take this decision lightly and, and the floor is yours. Who are you picking here at 26?
3: Yeah. Uh, the Titans need an offensive lineman. Uh, left guard and right tackle are kind of up in the air, but they did pick uh, Dylan Radens last year from North Dakota State. So it's kind of, I think he's played both those positions, so it could go either way depending on who they take. They also could use a wide receiver. So my debate kind of comes down to three guys, uh, Trevor Penning, Jahan Dotson, and Zion Johnson from Boston College. But I think if this was, if we were doing what they would do, I think Trevor Penning would be the pick. I actually think he'll probably be gone by now anyway. The NFL seems to really like him, but I, I don't know. I'm skeptical on Penning. I think he could, I think he looks like he'd be a bust. I think people are looking a little too much at how he was mean at the senior bowl, as they say. So I'm gonna go with a guy I really like for the Cowboys and he's still here for the Titans. Uh, Zion Johnson, guard out of Boston College.
0: I like the pick. I I am actually in complete agreement with you about penning. Um, there's a couple guys I really trust that aren't high on him at all. Um, he he got penalized, I think, 16 times this past season, which is quite a lot. Um, I think he has some holding tendencies, and I think the level of competition that he plays in, because he he's at uh, UNI, i think um is definitely a it could be a little bit of a wake-up call going right from then to the nfl and that's not to discount all s- small school guys because you know at a certain point if you're if you can play you can play doesn't matter where you are um but i just i'm I'm not sold on him and if the steelers were just we got him with 20 i think i'd be very upset with that pick so um sorry to anyone else if you're going to pick him here in the first round but I'm not going to like that pick if you make it. So, um, But, yeah, Zion Johnson, um, he's a good story. And uh, I think uh, it fits well with Tennessee. You know, they want to still have Derrick Henry as a focal point for at least another year or two in that offense. So, all right, 27, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jack, you are on the clock. Okay.
1: So, Buccaneers, last couple years, don't really have any holes like it's hard to find a hole in this team honestly um i think i i guess the only one i really identified i think is gonna be somewhat a replacement for nanama kung su who's no longer there um with this pick i'll i'm gonna go with ajabo david ajabo um Everyone has seen the video of him getting hurt at his pro, pro day, right? Not, co- yeah, pro day, right? Or combine,
2: yeah, it was pro day. Um, pro day.
1: Towards ACL, was it Achilles or ACL?
2: I think it was think Achilles, it was, right? Achilles.
1: Yeah. yeah, um, before that, he was projected to go higher. Um, he's fell because of it. Has do you think he's projected to fall out of the first round or is he right in the fringe? Maybe
2: it's going to be. Tight, I'd say like either really late first or early to mid second, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I think that's pretty accurate. accurate. Right. What said. That feels like a guy where like if it gets to the second round, there there could be teams that maybe don't necessarily need a guy right away. That could be like right, and that's
1: the Bucks. I'd say correct. Um, I agree. I mean, they don't. They're good enough without him. Like they don't need a guy to be plug and play and be a difference maker in their team. They're a contender without their first round picks. So I think this is a good fit for him to develop, to get healthy and develop a little bit and get his feedback under him. Um, even like take the whole year off, we could probably manage. So uh, that's my pick, Ajaba for the Bucks.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, take a chance on a guy that otherwise would be higher up in this list. So um i like the pick and i do have a question for you though jack um did kenny cross your mind at all yes why 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 pass on them here
1: um i mean i really should if you know for the way we're doing this draft if i were it we're doing as if we were in the gm chair what would we do kenny's my favorite player in this draft um, not just cause he's from Pitt, but I mean at this point he's a steal, I think, in this late second late first round. Um, I guess I went a little more what I think they'll do. I mean, I I, I just don't see the Bucks I'm
0: following the instructions there, man. I know, I know we're not, but <laughs> I,
1: I don't like I guess if I'm looking at it more realistically, like the Bucks aren't um looking for their future. Obviously, Brady's there for at least this year, so. I mean, they're the past couple years. They're they're gonna buy in every year and not really look towards their future that much. So, um, I mean, it's the one of the few teams that I think could afford to do that. They don't need to look at their future. Um, however, I mean, if they drafted Kenny here, I mean, Kenny's already like it's consensus. He's the most pro level uh, quarterback in this draft. Um, I like. A, a year learning under Tom Brady would be insane. So, um, I mean, if they did go for a quarter, a non-Kenny pick quarterback, i that could be a smart move too for a quarterback that needs that development. If Malik Willis fell this far somehow, um, or if any of the others that need a little bit of time, the, the, there's no better team than the Bucks, who's already a good winning team and great culture and learning from the best quarterback of all time. Like it, it could not be a better situation for a developmental quarterback. I mean, I don't know if it would hurt Kenny Pickett to sit a little bit, but he really doesn't need to, I don't think. And I think that's consensus. So um anyway, those are my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, it's I'm just, interesting. I'm just still I, devastated I,
1: I, that, that he might not well, I, he'll go in this first round. I know where he's gonna go now, but um I he he it'd be a travesty if he fell to the end like the very end of the first round.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing, like I if you asked me like at the begin this time last year, like how many years does Tom Brady have left? I'd say like three. But then he fake retired and he comes back now. I don't know if you guys saw that quote. I think it came out either today or some other time this week where he he acknowledged that like I'm at the end, like I don't have much left or something like that. That could just be like yeah. him just talking or whatever. But
2: Brown spoke.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I really think this could be a just a one more year thing. Um I don't know. I think I might have gone pick it, but I know I'm being hypocritical because I, I pass on him for the Steelers. But I'm, I'm more
2: than okay. I if think you pick it there.
1: I mean, I guess I did draft for their future when I said that. Uh, yeah, Jabbo isn't even. You know, they don't even need him this year.
2: It was the but, same mindset. I mean, he would,
1: if he, let's just say, he came in halfway through the season, he helps them with their title, with their Super Bowl run, which is. I, I mean, if I take my bias out of it like that should be their priority winning a super bowl this year because brady's gone next year and we saw what they what was going to happen if brady was gone like it, they were in the brain of a blow up like and brady comes back and they you know attain a lot of their talent so um yeah i think that uh, any player that's going to help them i guess this year would be their priority and ajabo although he's injured right now he could be back maybe mid-season he'd be he's better fits that priority than, than Kenny would. Although, I mean, it's it, uh, any pick they have is a luxury pick. They're so talented across the board. So, I mean, go for Kenny, go for any quarterback.
0: He's bring a B back. I need to sell him on my dynasty team.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen.
0: All right. The green Bay Packers with their second selection are on the clock. at pick 28. I have them. Um, and I'm picking Jahan Dotson, wide receiver for Penn State. Uh, clearly super, super quick, super fast, um, had a very good junior and senior season production-wise, um, and clearly a glaring need for this team as they filled the gigantic void of Devontae Adams, and, and they decide to replace him with uh, Sammy Watkins, so not necessarily apples to apples in that move, if you to say. Uh, and you know, Jahan Dotson, in all likelihood, is not going to put up Devonte Adams' numbers. Um, but I think they I mean they just need talent there. I don't think you can roll into the season with Watkins, Lazard, and Randall Cobb. Um, I think it's going to that would get very old for Rodgers very quick if that was just the the guys left up there. So um, whether that's making a move, in reality, if if we were allowing trades. And I were the Packers' uh, GM, I'm getting on the phone with uh, with the Washington Commanders or the Seattle Seahawks to get Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf uh, to play in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Um, that would be a, a calls I'd be making all draft night um, to try to make that happen, because I think they need to bring in someone like established like that. I mean, I love Dotson. I, I think he he could be really electric and really develop into that. But I think the Packers need someone right now who's been in the pros for a few years and can make an immediate, immediate impact, like week one. So um that would be my priority. But um, but again, I'm I'm really happy with this pick. And the reason why I didn't pick it, I mean, if I if I picked a wide receiver at pick twenty two, I could have had my choice of um either Burks or Dotson. Um I think they're in a similar ish tier. I I would prefer Burks, but I I don't. I think to get it to get a Jermaine Johnson and then one of these receivers, I think that was the better move. So that was my strategy going into it is to pick best player available at the first one and then receiver at the second one. That was my my strategy. So there we have it. Jack is up uh, with his final two selections back to back picks and the same team. The Chiefs have picked 29 and 30 um after excuse me after trading Tyreek Hill in a very surprising move uh about a month ago what are the Chiefs gonna do they uh now there's been what five or six receivers off the board six right we've had Wilson Olave London Jameson Williams oh seven
2: yeah seven now
0: there's been seven receivers off the board wow that is insane
1: seven them. there was
0: there was uh, Olave, Alave,
1: Drake, Drake London, London Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson. What's that? That's Sky, four. four. Sky Moore.
0: Sky Moore Trey Burks Oops. and Jahan Dodson.
1: Yeah, yeah. So well, the Chiefs
0: kind of, if they were, if you were playing on wide receiver, I mean, right. there's still some intriguing guys, but not probably the talent you were expecting to be available now.
1: Um, not really. I mean, I, I think this this class is deep, so I wouldn't be worried. I'm going receiver here. Um,
0: a fourth of the picks of the receivers. Right.
1: Well, there's a, I guess that kind of tells you what the league is turning into, Well has turned into, we all know. Uh, you need good receivers. But um, I talked about it in our free agency episode, I believe. Uh, I guess I think we were talking about the Tyree Kill trade and that's going to be a more impactful trade than i think is what people are i don't know i i think it's going to be a very impactful trade to the chiefs offense because um i mean travis kelsey is a very good safety blanket i mean he's so consistent, he's the best tight end in the league um now Hill kill is i think what makes that offense work so well that offense is built off of speed, and he Tyreek Hill is the pinnacle of speed. So I really do think that's a very, very huge loss. Um, so I'm gonna go receiver here, um, and try to, to try to supplement that loss of speed with John Mechie. <laughs> Um Had he's a very fast receiver. He went to his forty time was four three four three six, and I mean he's a I guess comparable size to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think he's listed at six feet, maybe exactly. Um, and, I mean, the biggest reason is I tr- you can't not trust a Bama wide receiver. Um, I mean, I feel like they, they pump out – if this happened, this would be the, like, the third consecutive year they pumped out two first-round receivers, I think. No, Jerry Judy was the only one in 2020. But um, last year, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. Um, I mean, they pump out receivers and they seem to produce in the NFL. So I, that's that's good enough for me. Um, I'm going to go with John Mechie. A tough one. There's a few receivers I liked here. I like George Pickens a lot. I watched a lot of film on him a couple years ago when I was – I watched, I think, uh, every snap of DeAndre Swift in his last season, Georgia. And I just remember George Pickens was a freshman at the time and like every play he stuck out. So he's someone I've I've had an eye on for a while, but I just think the the size and the speed of John Mechie is more ideal for what I am picturing for the Chiefs in their loss to Tyreek Hill.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Um, two very good years production wise, especially last year with 96 catches, um, 1142 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, similar to Williams, though he did tear his ACL uh, in the SEC championship games. So that is, yep. um, you know, something to note. It's not the end all be all, uh, like Shreff said in today's NFL. So, um, that it is something to note, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, when was the last time a Bama receiver kind of completely busted? I know Henry Ruggs, but that was off the field stuff, really. But can you really? I mean,
1: oh yeah, that was that was what I was thinking of. Ruggs and Judy who were the. Do it right, 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 yeah.
0: exactly. But it's just like I know. I mean, Jerry Judy so far hasn't lived up completely to expectations, and but they're never like complete busts, right? Like, they're always are at least somewhat productive, yeah. And especially if you're going to Patrick Mahomes, like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know how you can be like, I mean, I feel like it would have it would work out somehow. So, I'm not, that's a good pick still. Who are you going with next? Right back, right back here on the clock.
1: Yep. Um I think another need you could say they have, um, opposite side of the ball. And we I mean they have well, hopefully now they have John Mechie and their like number one passing attack, wherever you want to rank them, is um stays the same or up to par that Mahomes can keep them in shootout games, but They are susceptible to the pass. They're sixth worst last year in passing yards against and likely losing Tyron Matthew. So I'm gonna go with the safety here to uh, supplement the loss of Tyron Matthew, similar to as I did with Tyree Kill. I'm gonna go with Daxton Hill, Michigan safety. Um, Pretty much just a replacement for Matthew. Uh, Try to help contain when they get in those shootout games what we saw in the division around against the chiefs and you know they've been in that throughout the year and the past couple years but um yeah daxon hill just i think he played i mean he played safety or he played some corner i believe or slot corner i read in college so he has some versatility there to help cover uh all different parts of the field but he'll primarily play and at least i envisioned him primarily playing just that back roaming safety as Tyron Tyron Matthew was for them. So, yep, Daxon Hill is my pick.
0: Yeah, um, certainly a good pick. They did bring in uh, Justin Reed from the Texans. So, they did address a little bit in free agency. But, again, still need some depth there. And uh, Matthew has been uh, fantastic for them, as he has been his whole NFL career. So, definitely a big loss to make up. For it. Um, two more picks to go. Both belong to shreff We have the reigning AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. That feels weird to say, picking at 31. Um, what are the Bengals doing after a very surprising season to which they are almost the Super Bowl victory? Um, it was it was just in sight. So what are what are they gonna do here at 31?
2: Yeah, I, I, um, I had a guy like completely in mind at this pick, but now with the way that this is going, especially with this run on receivers, the guys that are kind of falling down are standing out a bit. Um, So that's what I'm going to do, especially because like we said, this is what I would do. So in this situation, if they were at this point, I'm just going to take N'Kobe Dean for the Bengals here. Um, I think it's obvious that they're probably not going to go on the offensive side of the ball realistically. I mean, I, you obviously there were all the O-line conversations, but they – clearly went out and did something about that to the point where I don't think it's necessary to spend a first round pick on it. Um, Corner was definitely in contention, but at the same time, I think this is a team where, especially with Nicobe Dean, where I know I think one of the things that has kind of maybe pushed him down boards is people People seem to think that maybe he isn't like an every down guy. Um, but like the way I kind of envision it, especially at least in this Bengals defense would be kind of more of like the sub linebacker role where he can get to the QB, but then he's also flying around the field in coverage when needed. Um, and also he becomes more of a rotational guy, which is I think, especially for a Bengals team that had so much success and probably wants to build with the same guys, bringing in someone that kind of offers a change of pace on that defensive front seven, I think is a good idea for them and just brings in another fresh body that can kind of build with these younger guys that they've, that they've uh, kind of grown into a, a real team here. So the fact that he slipped to 31, I think is Probably not going to happen in real life, but if it did, I think this would be a home run pick for the Bengals.
0: Yeah, good case of best player available. Yep. Um, that that you thought so. Um, yeah, I mean they, they bring in Lyle Collins, so that's that's a good tackle addition. I mean maybe they want to go after the interior of def, of a uh, so offensive in, line.
2: Yeah, they brought in Collins and they brought in um, who'd they bring in from the Bucks.
0: I'll check real quick.
2: Didn't they bring in a Bucks lineman? Is it Kappa? Yeah, I think they brought in Alex Kappa as well, so they address both the inside and the outside. So, like obviously, O line was in my head originally, but at the same time, if a guy like Nakobe Dean's sitting there, I I don't think you pass that up if you're if you're a team that's already looking towards contending.
0: Right, fair enough. All right, um, we all know who it's going to be, but uh, Detroit Lions. Let's make the the pick official to uh, to round out our our mock draft here. Yeah, I,
2: got I mean, I, I'm torn on this because like I'm very upset that he fell this far, but I'm also glad that I'm the one that gets to make the pick, so I can be the one to also talk about him a little bit. I know we'll probably have we could probably have words from all three of the other people here, but I'll I'll kick it off. So I'm I'm, I'm going to take Kenny Pickett here. Um, if I'm the lines in this situation, you you can't pass him up. I feel like at this point, and like that's not even me being a homer. If if someone like that falls that far. It feels like you have to do it, and then if you're looking at like situation on the lines too, like Jared Goff and Kenny Pickett, like just feel feel very similar in in, in a lot of ways. They really do. Um, it just it it feels like a like an easy pick to make. Obviously, at the beginning of the draft, you you get a a real like blue chip player and Trayvon Walker that you can build on on the defensive end of uh, defensive side of things. Pickett, I think this is an ideal situation. Obviously, he he could step in instantly and probably be a starter somewhere and be serviceable. Because as we've said before, if, if we're talking about pro ready, he's definitely the number one guy in this. Um, but you're giving him a year to learn behind golf. You're giving him a younger offense that could kind of grow with him in that situation, which I like as well. Um, I wouldn't love him stepping into a team that already has like established guys to where he's kind of playing catch up. I, I like especially seeing what like Burrows done and like what maybe even what like a Josh Allen's done where like you're kind of growing with these people on your team, I think has proved to be very valuable in this league. Um, but if we're going to talk about Pickett as a prospect, uh, we can start off with the small hands. I know that that's obviously going to be a a, a huge topic, but once again, going to the lines dome doesn't matter as much. Conditions aren't going to affect it. Put him in the dome half the year, we love that. Um, he obviously doesn't have like the most premier arm strength, but I think as someone who has watched literally like I don't know 50 games of kenny pickett's over it over his college career uh it wasn't it wasn't really apparent until the senior year obviously his first three years he had very i guess sporadic would be a word for it you'd see him make these plays where you would be like oh you could have someone there but then he goes out and he would throw like a bad pick bad fumble whatever this this senior year was one of the more was one of the most impressive like resurgences of a player that i think i've ever seen just the ability to make any throw whether it was off of play action whether it was just out of the pocket um sideline down the field everything was was on the money pretty much the entire year and then a part that i think gets i think people people always say like oh like he's sneaky athletic but like he he really is sneaky athletic like especially if you're watching full games of this dude the way he can the i mean yeah the the picket fake slide is one thing but the way that he was able to kind of work his way around the pocket avoid pressure and then also when needed get outside and scramble for eight nine yards and get the first like he in my opinion he he checked every box that you'd be looking for out of a pro prospect the only downside is yes he's on the older side and it's clear that it took like i mean one one good year of tape certainly doesn't wash out three or four bad years of tape i understand that but if you're looking for pro ready a guy who can make the throws now i think it's a home run pick that's my defensive kenny pickett if anyone would like to chime in you're more than welcome to can i go go
0: yeah. ahead yeah
1: um so funny enough so his player comp i haven't said yet like on any podcast or not really many conversations and it uh <laughs> it's gonna be like the homer comparisons of all homer comparisons <laughs> and funny enough he was uh talked about a lot for the other, the last quarterback that was taken. I really do think that his NFL player comp is Dak Prescott.
3: Uh-oh, um, no.
1: <laughs> and I mean, as Streff said, i right there alongside him, watched every single snap of Kenny Pickett's career, pretty much. Um, Dak Prescott's also a quarterback that I've watched a lot. As um, he's my favorite quarterback in the NFL. Um, now I I get why you would compare him to Desmond Ritter statistically. Sure, on paper, I guess their status line up, but just on the field, I really do think Kenny and Dak are are very very similar. First off, they're I'm pretty sure they're very very close in size. Um, that's one so thing. Was
0: Desmond Ritter, but that's, that's fine.
1: Uh, okay. And Shreff talked a lot about kenny's mobility i think it's the exact kind of mobility that dak has um evading pressure and scrambling when needed um and i i mean all the other i don't know there's a a lot of other things too. arm strength i think is very comparable um the first three years of kenny pickett he very very poor decision maker and not really good at reading uh, Defenses and coverages and going through progressions, but um, now I think he's. I mean, something clicked this this past season, yeah. and I don't think you should.
2: I mean, contrary to what Strep said, I don't think you should hold his first three years of tape against yeah, him. Yeah, I I didn't mean it as like um discounting his fourth round. De- like I I understand how one good year just do- doesn't just completely erase the things that sure. were there before.
1: But I've. I've said it before. I mean, and people have said it as well. It, sometimes it takes the quarterbacks to click later in their career example, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow. Um, and, you know, it really clicked for Kenny. He there, it was, you know, I always root for Kenny Pickett. I mean, he was just a lovable, like, I don't think he's very good, but obviously he's our quality, Kenny Pickett. quarterback. I has to root for him. But this year, like, I've been very critical of Kenny Pickett's first three, four seasons, but this year, like, the start of the season, like, I was struggling to find critiques of him. Um, and he was consistent the whole year, like, he didn't really have many bad games nor plays, so. Um, I don't know, I guess that's enough about the pros of Kenny Pickett. Like, do you open the floor, do you guys want to talk about?
2: Yeah, let's hear the other songs.
0: No, I mean, I, I really don't have much else to say. I mean, just because I really like Desmond Ritter doesn't mean I it, – it's not like – it doesn't mean because I like Desmond Ritter I have to not like Kenny Pickett. It doesn't really it, necessarily work that way. It does mean that. Oh, okay. On one
2: side or the other, Mitchell, will come on. <laughs>
0: um, no, I, I think he, he'll be a fine NFL quarterback for sure. Um. Yeah, he really put it all together this year, like you guys said. And I think it was interesting, like, what – I mean – I think TJ said it Jack when we were golfing but like if you if you swapped Bryce Young and put him on Pitt and put Kenny Pickett on Alabama like Kenny would win the Heisman like I think no they doubt. just yeah. what? Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Exactly. So um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think he's going to be I mean, if clearly if, if he was 32 in the NFL draft, I mean I feel like he, no matter what you your thoughts are on this quarterback class I mean, I think anyone would have to agree that that's like great value. And that's, I mean, it's not going to happen, but I think anyone would have to think that. Right. I mean, that's just still.
1: If they filled the Steelers at 20, that's, that's great value.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone would debate that it, it's, I mean, it's yeah. a good pick. <laughs> There's no was, other way around it.
2: I was going to say too, if you're, if you're getting towards this back half of the draft, like we've seen it before, like, like the the Ravens did it with Lamar, like, if if he's falling towards this back half, all of a sudden you're gonna have these teams that maybe don't need a QB right now, but could be needing one in a year. Like I I mean, I mean, obviously the Saints don't have as much draft capital. But if you're looking like if you're like the Panthers or something like that and you're sitting in like the the front part of that, the front part of that second round and Kenny's sitting there at 32, you might try to trade up for that too.
0: Exactly. That fifth year option is so valuable to yeah. have as a first round pick. So um yeah exactly totally even if it's not 32 even if it's getting towards like for some reason but yeah yeah no I totally agree um and yeah just I mean just just for the hypothetical fit for the Lions as well I mean even if he's not even if he's not ready I mean Derek Goff at worst I feel like is a high-end backup in this league and probably like a low-end starter but still it's not like a guy that it's not, again, I, I just feel bad because I picked Malik Willis for the Seahawks. I feel like he, I'm kind of, I'd be throwing him into the fire at that point because yeah. Drew Locke just is not good at all. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Lions building something there. That,
2: and that, an that's part of what I said. I, I prefer, weapons. yeah, I, I prefer with these younger QBs. I, I like when they come in with these younger weapons so that it like, you kind of grow as a unit instead of like one guy kind of having to, play a little bit of catch up with all the other veterans on the squad. Like I, I like the idea of the QB kind of building with his receivers throughout the years.
0: Exactly. All right, Treff, read us off the f- entire uh, Line 2022 NFL mock.
2: Oh boy, okay. So uh, number one, the Jags, Aiden Hutchinson. Number two, the Lions, Trayvon Walker. Number three, Texans, Kyle Hamilton. Number four, Jets, Kayvon Thibodeau. Number five, Giants, Evan Neal. Number six, Panthers, Ikki Okonwu. Number seven, Giants, Sauce, Ahmad Gardner. Number eight, Falcons, Chris Olave. Number nine, Seahawks, Malik Willis. Number 10, the Jets, Drake London. Number 11, the Commanders, Tyler Winderbaum. 12, Vikings, Derek Stingley. 13, Texans, Charles Cross. 14, Ravens, Jordan Davis. 15, Eagles, Jamison Williams. 16, Saints, Garrett Wilson. 17, Chargers, Devontae Wyatt. 18, Eagles, Devin Lloyd. 19, Saints, Desmond Ritter. 20, Steelers, Andrew Booth. 21, Patriots, Sky Moore. 22, Packers, Jermaine Johnson. 23, Cardinals, George Karloftis. 24, Cowboys, Traylon Burks. 25, Bills, Trent McDuffie. 26, Titans, Zion Johnson. 27, Bucks, David Ojabo. 28 Packers Jahan Dotson, 29 Chiefs John Mechie. 30 also Chiefs Daxton Hill, 31 Bengals Nakobe Dean, and then 32 Lions Kenny Pickett.
0: Sweet, I mm-hmm. love it. This is a lot of fun. I was looking forward to this all week. Uh, glad we could do it. And um, God bless anyone who listened to this entire thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Proud of you guys. I think. I mean, I don't know what time exactly we started. It's probably like eight. 50 and we had like a brief intermission a little break this
2: is being... gonna be like an hour and 45 it was yeah maybe, maybe right around hour 45 it, it, it ended up being about what we expected
0: okay yeah not quite our, i think our longest jack we definitely had a two-hour episode for sure yeah. at one point yeah. so um all right a, a, any uh any notable people that are i guess would be hypothetically available in the second round here that we didn't get to that stands out to you guys i'm trying to think of some um I don't
2: know, like I, I think oh, well, Trevor Penning's definitely going to actually go in the first round. I think I don't know where, but somewhere. He's he's the main one that stands out. I think.
0: Um.
2: I think we covered all the main guys pretty well, though. Honestly,
0: what was I? What was I thinking? I've I've heard a lot of buzz about uh, Bernhard Raymond from tackle mm-hmm. from Central Michigan uh, getting some late first round buzz. So he's someone that, um, another smaller school guy that could a tackle that can get into the first round there.
1: Was Kobe uh,
0: Dean taken? Yeah, Bengals 31 by Shreff. Oh right. Yes. Um I've seen Nick uh Benito, edge rusher from Oklahoma. I've seen him a little bit in some first round mocks.
2: I was also I think there's there's a few safeties that I think could go to um I know um what's the the Georgia is it Lewis? How do you say his last name is it is it Scene? scene or sign? Sign scene something like that. He's one. And then uh, that, that uh, Baylor, I don't know, I guess he's a corner Jalen, a Petre, Piter, I don't know, weird names.
1: Do do we think that it's definitely, um, we selected three quarterbacks. Where do we, do we think that will happen?
0: I think those three guys, I don't think Corral or Howell will make it in the first. I think
2: Corral could maybe slide in there, but I, I, I do think it ends up I, – I think three is the number, Whether no matter which three it is. I, I I think I'd be shocked if more than three are going. Because the other things that, like, I feel like – I mean, obviously draft analysts are going to, like, have to talk with the QBs, but it sounds – I mean, from what I've seen, it sounds like NFL, like, is very off on most of these guys. Like, I, I don't think people are going to be, like, trying to trade into the top ten to take quarterbacks realistically. But who knows?
0: Mm, I don't know about that. We'll see. I mean, I, we stay, I guess we say
2: it. that every year, and it still happens. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, There's a safety you forgot,
2: Trev. Who who was that? There was that, I know that.
1: that one from Penn State.
3: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's passed. Oh, yeah. I think I like think Brisker. Brisker. Sneaking in the oh, back yeah. end of the first and Ebiketti. Uh, uh, Ebiketti, yeah, as well. I, I think are two guys that are notable that are still there. Mm-hmm.
0: Any love for Roger McGreary from Auburn?
2: I feel like he was he was high up early on in the draft process because it was him and then also uh what's uh kair uh elam elam the florida, florida yep. yeah he i haven't heard much mccreary in terms of first round buzz ever since like the like beginning of the draft process. yeah i
3: think that's because he measured in with like 28 inch arms
2: oh did he well that'll yeah do so I, yeah. he kind of fell down gorgeous to that i guess because elam was the one that i was debating with that Bengals pick but then once dean was there i was like i might as well do it but
0: I didn't mention Dean and what I was talking about the Georgia front seven too. I didn't mean to neglect you, Mister Dean. But yeah, no, um, understandable. That would be insane. So many first round talent, caliber talent players. So
2: yeah, I, I do like especially after seeing this. I, I think it's all going to come down to these receivers, like past the top like three guys. Like if all these receivers start running off the board, you're going to have talent falling.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, still crazy how we had eight eight receivers go in our first round here. And, and also, also officially all, no running
2: backs. Yeah, and officially no running backs too. Yeah. That is true. We're breaking the trend.
0: All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, guys, for coming on today's episode. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, let's do it same time next year for sure. Yep. Uh, all right, folks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast and TikTok at Hogline Podcast. Enjoy the draft into uh, not two weeks now; it's uh, nine days, like I said at the top of the show. So enjoy yourself. I'm sure, there will be a lot of drama, and I hope uh, your team gets who you want, whoever you're a fan of. So best of luck to everyone. Um, I will be in Pittsburgh. I'll be watching it with with you two. Um, so. Very exciting. Also kinda of nervous too, but we'll see. Um all right folks, thanks for listening and we will uh catch your next week in our episode.